Time for the sports phone. All right, 7 o'clock, time for another edition of the Sports Phone on Sunday, June 26th. A hot and warm June 26th. Jerry in Portland, Jim hanging out in the Philo studio. Jim, how you doing? What's the uh, what's the weather situation oh, in the studio is, right it, now? It is like sweating bullets. No, no, it's no, no, it's what that's what you're doing. It's what you move here for. It was you know 81 in the middle of the day. It was 60 at night. 70, you know, at noon. I mean, it was just the perfect clear skies, no smoke, no fires. This was the, at my house, your house, your, your old house, it was the perfect, perfect weather day. Yeah, you got the you got the good part of that. I I'm sitting up here in my house. It's a hundred and who knows what degrees in in the suburb of Portland, Oregon. But I got the air conditioner on. I got the windows closed. It's keeping it nice and nice and cool in here. Got all my work done in the uh, in the morning. Uh, I will have to say, unfortunately, um, uh, hopefully, uh, this is not as much. Well, not as too much of bad news. Some of those flowers that got planted aren't doing so great right now. I'll just have to admit that. They're, oh uh, they're no, look, your mom. They're looking a little. They're looking a little withered at the moment. Oh, <laughs> I tried. I promise. I tried, but I think the weather is going to might get the best of them here. Um, but yeah, I hope everyone is uh, staying cool if they are in a hot part of the. Uh, of the of the of the world right now here on this Sunday, but welcome everybody to the sports phone. Looking for another or looking forward to another hour of sports talk here on the show. And if you are new to the show, that is that that is exactly what the sports phone is all about. Jim and I are uh, former players, uh, athletes, coaches, fans. Where we've been involved in sports our entire lives. And we like to spend this hour once a week bringing that uh, love and joy of sports to the KZYX listening community. Doesn't matter really what the level is. We want to talk about it as long as it is sports related in some way, shape or form. We do not care. We just want to spend an hour talking about sports and enjoying the company of other people that enjoy talking about sports and all the fun stuff going on in uh, in the sporting world. So we'll uh, we'll get rolling with that very soon. Looking forward to getting the phone lines open to talk about all those uh, all the, everything going on in the world of sports, professional, college, high school, rec league, whatever comes up. We're looking forward to talking about it. But speaking of high school sports, I think we actually teased this a little bit last week because we were talking about uh, we we're talking about a fundraiser going on for Fort Bragg oh, football, right. uh, Fort Bragg high school football. But we do have a guest for the week. Uh, Jim, with that, I'll hand it back over to you, and we'll go from there. This is exciting. When we were doing our little warm-up with our, interv- with our, with our uh, interviewee, um, um, I, I w- the, something that you said I, I really like. Is this the first person that, that, that we've ever yeah. interviewed that you played against in high school? You know, in, in high school? That, you know, this, yeah, th- this is... This I'm pretty sure Cody Lowe graduated the same year you did in 2010. And what we're talking about here, it's very exciting to me. When I heard, I felt so good because I'm so into your generation because you're my kid. And when I heard Cody Lowe, he was going to be the Fort Bragg Timberwolves head varsity football coach. It stopped me right there. You know, I know we're in the small world of coaching and, and all that, but I was like just... So, so excited to, to hear that. Cause, and one reason was, and, and we're going to get Cody on here in a minute. Um, Cody played football K through 12 in, in, I believe in, in, uh, Fort Bragg. But whenever I think about Fort Bragg football, Jer, I think about Jack Moyer, Roy Perkins, not a 30 year old, you know, so it's very exciting to me. Hello, Cody. You, you there? Yeah. This is Cody Lowe, new Fort Bragg high school football coach. Varsity football coach, Cody. Did I miss anything with with your? Um, have you done other? Sp- give us a little bio since you graduated from Fort Bragg High School with, with sports. Anything? Uh, graduated from Fort Bragg, 2010 and 2011. I went to Shasta College, played football there. Ah. Uh, played linebacker for them for two seasons, and then moved back home, and that was the end of my career. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. So, Cody, it's funny. I, I remember when I was in college just co- uh, coming back to help Jim out during the season, uh, like for basketball, when I happened to be around, I would sit on the bench, go to practices. And it was a, such a cool feeling to be coaching the guys that are playing for the team that I played for. Um has that excitement kind of kicked in for you yet where like you're you've had that realization of oh this I get to now coach at a program that I played for for 4 years has that like kind of reality set in and is there an excitement that comes with that I don't know if it's really set in yet but yeah it's exciting <laughs> I, I mean I'm all about four break football so to be able to coach kids and mentor them in the program that I want to have as Jack did for years coach Moyer and hopefully we can get back to that well it opens up an interesting question do you try to get back at it Cody or do you say here I am everything's going to be new what part of a tradition do you keep what part do you move on I mean I I, I think I take the tradition that I like and the tradition I didn't like and move forward with the ones I did like and move away from the ones I didn't like and uh, take what I learned from other sports and what I learned from playing at the next level and create a new program. So when, when you're doing that, have you, have you kind of gotten your feet under you enough yet to kind of think about the priorities of, you know, we want to get these type of expectations in place. You know, you, we talked a little bit before and you're building out, you know, spring stuff and then you've got summer things going on now have you thought of, have you kind of started putting together the roadmap in terms of like what the the big priorities are to, to getting your, the program going in the direction you want in terms of tradition and and those types of things I mean a little bit uh, the other coaching staff and I have got together and met and talked about what we would like to see the, where we would like to see the program go and, and, and move forward to and who, so I mean yes who are going to be your assistants you're going to have some young and some old Yes, uh, there's a few former players from Fort Bragg High School that are helping. A couple that didn't play, one that didn't play at Fort Bragg High School that's going to be helping. But there's a group of like 11 of us, I think, as of right now. And uh, Coach Soleri and Coach Sippel are coming back. So those are the main two coaches that have coached at Fort Bragg football. And they're going to be the main two helping. And Coach Neller will be the JV coach who he coached last year and did an amazing job with the kids, so he'll also be there. So you will have a full-on um, JV program, no no doubt? There's enough kids? There's 100% enough kids as of right now. Good. Nice, nice, nice. So on that kind of, I guess, same note, Cody, this is something that we talked about uh, before the show, and Jim and I talked about this a lot during basketball season when I was – when I was when I was coaching uh, at, at a high school out here doing freshman basketball, have you experienced yet like any challenges that you think are unique to being a thirty year old football coach or a, like significantly younger than some of the other coaches you've been around? Because I think that was something that it took me a little while to get used to because I was thirty and then every other coach in this program I was at was I think you know forty years old or, or more and. I, I thought that there were advantages to that, and then I also thought there were some challenges to it. For me personally, it was I had to figure out how do I coach these guys that are that I'm relatively close to the same age of and not be their best friend and not not like fall into the the, the version of just being their friend and not being kind of respected as a coach. Have you kind of run into those challenges yet? Have you thought about it all? Like how do you balance? that type of challenge when you're a little bit younger than, than some other coaches are? I've definitely thought about it, but I definitely haven't ran into necessarily a situation sure. of it. I mean, this is super early. We went through a week of spring ball and have had summer weightlifting, so I haven't been into any situations where getting sure. super close to sure, sure. Or, or not. And I don't know any of the kids on a personal level. I mean, small town, small community, I know some of them are in, I've seen them play since they're younger kids, and I know their parents. But as of me, on a personal note, the kids, no, I don't know them. So it's I think that's a good thing. And as you were when you were, you know, in Portland, sounds like you probably didn't know the people in the community, so you didn't have to deal with that either. Which yeah, would be yeah, a, it would be beneficial to you or I in that situation. But no, I haven't. I have not yeah. run into that. Situation. Yeah, I just so, realized, Jeff, from a math standpoint, 
you know, if, if you're a 22-year-old coach or 23-year-old coach, you literally were in some of the, the elementary school in the same buildings with some of these kids. But you're enough older that none of these kids were in high school, number one, when you were there or middle school. And none of these kids are young enough to be your friend's kids either, your, your generation kids. So I could see where this is sort of a gap where you don't really know these kids. I, I, I could see that. I think that's to your your advantage, really. Yeah, I would agree. Hmm. Yeah. Jeez. Um, I, uh, I, I got another one, Jim. If go you're ahead. No, you go. I'm... I'm so, Cody, one of my favorite questions to ask coaches, especially with programs that I – because I'm up in Oregon, I, I don't get to see a lot of these schools play. I always love to, to ask the question, you know, for someone that's never been to, uh, you know, an, a, a game of this team, what can they expect as a fan? Like in terms of whether it's play style, attitude, those types of things. Or what, what can someone expect that's a first – that's going to experience this program for the first time? I, I, I think it's interesting because you haven't – had a game yet so so i don't know if you can answer it that way but if you had to kind of like pick a perfect description what would you want to be the the experience or the first things that stand out for a fan that's going to come watch your fort bragg football team for for the first time as in like what do you what would i want our program to be known for yeah 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 exactly exactly yeah what do you want your program to be known for exactly yeah well i mean i want the kids obviously to be like respectful respectful and that whole aspect but like i want to be just as right now like a defensive known program like i kind of four break football in the past like don't let someone run the ball against you um yeah. if they can if they have good enough coaches to beat you their coaches to beat you to passing the ball like okay that's okay i can live with that but a team's not going to just come in and run the ball down our throat and score at will every single time they get the ball and want to when they want to so it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be. Cody. I love that kind of answer. I'll be. I'll be honest. I, I love that kind of answer because I. I think I love just defensive anything, whether I whether it be football or basketball. I, I love seeing good defense and not just total shootouts. So, Cody, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. get some good defensive. Football. And I, I, I'm all. I'm all here. <laughs> I'm all here listening, Cody. That it sounds like you playing middle school basketball. That's what it sounds like. This is going to be Cody Logier. and oh, I, I love it. I've I've got this little Cody Lowe story um, and Jerry story. I got you both on the. I, I bet you neither of you really remember this because you were either in seventh or eighth grade. What was that? It was the middle school gym. We used to call it something. Was that renovated redwood? That that redwood gym with the redwood beams in the middle school, and we were playing there and. Cody was guarding Jerry. I think Jerry was guarding Cody. This is probably, again, 7th or 8th grade. and It's probably stopping me, too. <laughs> you guys were going at it. You were on the floor diving after balls. You, you were playing for 7th, 8th grade. You were playing physical. You ended up both on the floor. Oh, I think I know. The ref had to the stop the, to game, stop the game. Had to stop yeah, the game. Yeah. They, they stood up. They, like, put you over here and put Jerry over here. And both of you just stood up and looked at each other and just started laughing and say, saying, I, 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 the part of this story I remember is the ref stopping the game. I'm yeah. taking your word for everything else, Jim, but I do remember the ref stopping the game and, and was, like having to separate us. A little it was bit. like, well, this is what we do. We're having fun here, ref. Yeah. And that's that's what I remember yeah. you guys telling the ref is, you know, we have, we have no problem with each other. We're just having fun here. That's what I think you're oh, going to see yeah. from Cody Lowe football. That's my, my guess. Yeah, Jerry wasn't going to keep doing layups against us, so I was going to stop him. So, <laughs> hey, listen, listen. I, I, I will. I don't know if I've ever said this to anybody, but we. I never beat Fort Bragg in my four years in high school, so it was probably a moot point. But when you and a few of the other football guys decided not to like continue to play in high school, that was one of the biggest sighs of relief I ever had. Just thinking, thank goodness I don't have to deal with these tough just physical defenders anymore. It didn't matter. We still couldn't beat you guys. But I was so happy when, when you guys decided you weren't playing basketball, a few of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, where do we go from here, Jerry? You want to wrap it up? 
Yeah. So, Cody, la- last question. Um, I guess if you, unless you had anything you wanted to talk about as well. Oh, we should. Uh, but the, the fundraiser. Last kind of fundraiser, Jerry. Let's do that first. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit more about the, the fundraiser. So, so we plugged it a little bit uh, last week, but how's everything going for the preparation for it? Feel free to shout it out one more time. Give us all the details. It's uh, going great. So uh, this next Saturday, uh, we're going to have a four-and-hole tournament at the high school football field. Uh, it will start at – bags will start flying at 10 o'clock, so sign-ups will be – start at nine o'clock and i'm sure we'll be there a little bit beforehand if you want to come and sign up early there's also a, a way to pre-register um pre-registering is awesome it kind of gives me an idea of how many people there will be this is my first fundraiser so i don't really know what to expect 100 percent easier or either so um there's an app called score holio it's a uh, super easy to do you download it pretty much give an email and a name and it lets you log into it when you get into it you type in fort bragg high school fundraiser you then create an create a name for yourself put your own name and it uh, will sign you up automatically you don't have to pay uh, through the app well you can't pay through the app you pay at the door so if you're worried about paying right now you don't have to worry about that until you get there and nice. it's going to be at 10 o'clock it's going to be it doubles so two people to 50 dollars a team so 25 per person and we're going to have the concession stands open uh, we'll have tri-tip sandwiches uh, hot dogs and hopefully some pizza so even if you're not playing, come and support Fort Bragg football and uh, watch some cornhole. Be some good people there. Hope I'm hoping for a really big turnout. There's been a lot of people in the community saying that they're going to go, so that's a good thing. We'll also have a 50-50 raffle, and we'll also do an air mail. So I don't know for anyone that hasn't ever heard of that. It's uh, I think we're going to do 40 feet from the board. Um, you pay, I think we're going to do $5. You get a raffle ticket for every five dollars you give and whenever we're ready for the airmail we'll pick four tickets out of that raffle ticket and those four people get four bags to make it and if someone makes it in the hole without touching the board you got to drain it you win you win the prize if someone else wins it then we'll you know divide that and then if someone else makes it we'll divide that again so you can win a lot of money depending on how many people want to do it and then uh yeah i think that's pretty much the gist of it um if there's any questions i mean there shouldn't be, but uh, cornhole July second, starting at what time again? It's gonna start at ten, so get there a little bit early. And uh, for you people that are out of town, same day as the fireworks in Fort Bragg. So hopefully this will be an annual thing for us. And uh, ah, come play, come play go. cornhole during the day. Watch fireworks at Noyo at night, and uh, bring your kids. I kind of have a little idea of. Uh, I'm not gonna be really playing in the fundraiser so i kind of have an idea of being on this uh side with some uh, the younger generation playing some football stuff so we'll have the whole field to work with nice and hopefully that will it'll be a good time good stuff no cody i i'm really looking forward to hearing about how the program develops when jim mentioned that you were taking over the program it it was really cool like i think it's it's really fun to hear about coaches that played for programs coming back and, and taking over and and, you know, taking the program into the next era. And also, as we kind of talked about honoring, you know, the traditions that came before it when they, that you played for. I wish nothing but the best of luck for you. Uh, and and I, I can't wait to hear how the, how the season goes. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Cody. We'll, we'll be there. And I uh, never even heard of Cornhole until I got to California, but I, I may just have to check it out. I'll see you next All week. Right. See you Hope next see week. See you there. Yep. All right, Thanks, Jerry. That, that's, that that's was – that ex- was co- yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, that was Cody Lowhead, the new uh, varsity football coach at Fort Bragg High School. Uh, looking forward to, like I said, kind of hearing how he goes around developing the program. Uh, you know, anyone that played with or against Cody Lowe, like I had the experience we said in eighth grade, you know, in, in middle school sports, uh, I think can get a feel for what that program is going to look like from a football standpoint. And I'm, I'm really excited to, like I said, hear, hear how it develops and how the, and how it goes. So one to Seven, thank Cody one more time for, for joining us on the air. 707-895-2448. The phone lines are open. I encourage anybody, uh, anybody that's listening from Fort Bragg football that wants to call up and uh, tell us what you think about Cody Lowe as your new coach. That'd be fun to hear. 707-895-2448. In the meantime, Jer, should we do this day in sports? 
I mean, you're the one that, yeah, you, you came onto the show, but I got seven one. I got seven things written down for today. So I guess I guess June 26th was a busy day in the sports world. Oh yeah, I, well it's it's very interesting. I, I'm not going to. This is a very big day, June 26th. All the following people were drafted into the NBA as a first-round pick. or You know, it said they were picked by this team. I'm not sure they were all first-round uh, picks or not, but they may have been. In 1996, Allen Iverson was picked into the NBA. In 1999, the Shanghai Sharks picked Yao Ming. I mean, sorry, the Houston Rockets mm-hmm. picked Yao Ming from the Shanghai Sharks. My big question there was, how can you be from these, China? These are all first overall. These are all first overall picks. First overall way. picks. What I want to know is is why is the Shanghai team named the Sharks? How come it doesn't have a a Chinese sounding name? Anyway, the Shanghai Sharks. I mean, why is why is any team named what they are? I know. Two thousand and three, <laughs> LeBron was picked from Akron High School. From high school, not uh, St. Mary's. Yep. St. In St. Our, St. And in what is arguably one of the greatest drafts of all time. Right, right. 2008, Derrick Rose was picked to Chicago. 2014, now here's one for Bay Area fans. I didn't know this. Andrew Wiggins, who people are talking about came of age this year in the NBA playoffs. Andrew Wiggins was drafted by Cleveland in 2014. And then my other one, that, that's what I had for, for, for that. And then I had, Jared, this one was, it's in... 2021. That means it was one year ago today that that yep. the woman, I think it was a woman, wanted mm-hmm. to get on television at the Tour de France. Did now, something I like talking that. Talking about this on the show, so yeah, stood out in front of. So that was a year ago. Stood out to try to show a sign to the TV cameras or something, and she caused the biggest crash in the history of the Tour de France. And they, meanwhile, they uh, they tracked her down and arrested her eventually. Yeah, she was fined uh, $1,300 for causing that crash. $1,300? <laughs> yeah, 1200 I'm assuming that's euros, $1,300. Do you remember why she, what's the sign said? Like, hello, uh, grandma or something? I don't know. I, I don't know specifically. Uh Oh, it looks like it was a sign for like for her grandparents. Huh. I don't know yeah, why it was so or that. something like that. But yeah, I, I remember talking about this last year. And this is this is one of my favorite things that happens on this show is when we we get into the this day in sports stuff that's more recent and the sports phone has been going long enough that I can look at you and go, hey, we talked about that, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. That's fun. It's one of, my, one of my favorite experiences to talk about on the show is when we start to see stuff that we talked about some years back. 707-895-2448. Phone lines are open. Uh, we were at, the, at, the, at the end of last week, Jer, we, we had we, – I don't know what we were talking about, but we, we ended up getting a lot of calls, and at the last minute we had 10 minutes left for our list of seven things here. Uh, and you said, hey, you want to do something fun or do you want to just do something serious? And I said, oh, we only have five minutes left. So we talked about the guy that stole the golf ball in the in the Masters tournament. And uh, what was there was another funny thing that happened. Remember what it was? The fake Clay, fake Clay Thompson. Yeah, the fake Clay Thompson that walked right into a playoff game, game six or whatever, game six or – yeah, there was only six. Game six and uh, started shooting around. Because he looked like Clay Thompson, that's got to be an all-time my all-time favorite thing we talked about on the sports phone. But um, there was some serious stuff we never got never got to. So am I am I in charge of, of picking here? You're you're always in charge of picking the topics. I'm just along for the ride and to make sure you say everything correctly and not not say <laughs> anything that's incorrect. You can you can pick whatever you would like. Well, it's been on there. Um, it's been on there for a few weeks, so I think we should mention it. Um, I don't like it when, when we, we miss a controversial topic and someone reminds us of it. So I want to mention the FINA, F-I-N-A. Sure. And, and I'm still not sure what the letters stand for, but it's the International Swimming 
association um, overseeing organization. Well, well, I mean, there's no, see, the funny thing about you just trying to put it all together is you put the word swimming in it. There's not an S in FINA. Swimming is not in their description. But when you the, think about it from that that perspective, it um, is in French. This though. is a so so this is a French organization that uh, that is in English is known as the International Swimming Federation, um, oh. but it's called FINA. So it's it's a little bit weird. It's a French organization. They are recognized by the International Olympic Committee as the governing body for water sports. So not specifically swimming, but swimming, uh. diving. Artistic swimming, water polo, all, all those types of things. So I just threw a lot of stuff out there. But the bottom line with this is this French organization, Supina, they make the rules for Olympic swimming and, and, and other international competitions. That's the the simplest way to think about it. Are we so, on the same page so far, Jim? Yeah, they, exactly. That's, I'm glad you stepped in there and, and explained that. I didn't realize it was all water sports. Yeah. But they have just made a ruling, yes. a decision, a rule. I'm not sure what what category. About a week ago. About, about, a, about a, week, a week ago at this point. About a week ago, and it's a it's it's in a topic that we brought up with uh, Leah Thomas. Is that her name? Well, I think we we brought this up before Leah Thomas even became a thing when states were starting to make their own rules about this. Ah, right, about right, transgender right. Athletes. This is a transgender yeah, th- there's issue. Been, this has been it's it's interesting because like, there's been this like trickle up of of this story where it started with. High schools with states making rules about transgender athletes in high schools. And then it trickled up to the NCAA in college sports with Leah Thomas winning the 500 meter something. Uh, and Leah Thomas is a transgender woman, won, won the NCAA championships for the 500 meter something. I don't remember the specific event. And now it has made its way into international competition. And to go with what Jim had said, uh, FINA, I'm just going to read the article headline because I think it's simpler than trying to explain it. Uh, FINA, who's this international swimming organization, has barred transgender swimmers from women's elite events if they went through male puberty. Um, so that's the kind of the, the key headline to it. The policy was passed by a 71% vote. There's 152 members of FINA. Um, they described it as the first step towards full inclusion. The other part of this that I think is really important to mention uh, because I, I think that it's it's easy to gloss over this part of it. They have also said that they have plans to establish an open category at competitions, which gender identity being different from birth sex will not matter. It, like so, so they're making an, a new category that's as it says it's an open category and anybody can swim in it. But the the key takeaway from this uh, this announcement was. Uh, Women's elite events, transgender swimmers cannot compete if they have went through male puberty. Uh, that's the summary, I guess, of the key parts of this. There's a lot more to this story, but that's the kind of the key takeaways. Uh, I guess with that, Jim, I always like to hand it back to you at this point. Uh, takeaways, thoughts, comments. Well, it's it's whenever I talk about not ex- not unexpected, not an unexpected announcement, I would say, with where the, everything was trending. I, I thought it was going to keep trickling, that, that we were going to hear, okay, um, uh, the California Interscholastic Federation of you know High School was going to make a decision, and then um, the NCAA was going to uh, do a change, and then the Olympics would do this, and, and the college – but this trickling, as you said, up to the top, whereas this means now, if, if you read it to me right – that this would stand for the Olympic athletes. Yes, Olympic athletes. Yes, because this is the body that governs international swimming competitions, and, which and, would include the Olympics. So, um, I've always been, um, whenever I bring this topic up to um, to anybody, um, and, and I bring it up in groups of, of people, like at work or something like that, the the, the people that are most the the strongest group of people that I find that do not want transgender women in women's sports are women. And that's always, um, 
I don't know why that's. I don't. I don't know if that's accurate. I think the. I don't know if it's accurate, group, but when I bring it up to people, I find that that that's the the most um, serious group against. You don't think that's the case? I don't. I I, I don't think it's. I, I think that again, if you if if you throw out the extremes, because I, I don't think that that's a a helpful part of this conversation. Um. I think the group that is most against this are the ones that firmly believe that they would have an unfair advantage. And I don't think that necessarily is just women. I, I guess I guess I it's just a difference there. more of a math thing is, is you're talking about women's sports here. So um, I just think there's right, more. But the, people that are, but the people that are making these rules aren't necessarily all women. No, no, no that, that, that's true. That's true. That wasn't my point. Yeah. 707-895-2448. Give us a call if you want to talk about, about sports here, about, about this topic, any topic. What were you going to say, Jeff? Well, I, I had one other thing I wanted to mention in this story because I, I think it's interesting compare like another piece of context with this, going back to Leah Thomas, who's the, the swimmer, that the, the transgender woman that, that won the, the NCAA championships – and how this all kind of relates back is that it, it's interesting that a governing body that does international swimming puts in a rule. The NCAA is not subject to follow these rules, which I think is a very interesting part of this because there's no like professional swimming. There's college and then Olympics or college and international competitions. Yeah. Um, the NCAA doesn't have to follow these rules. And so they already came out and said that they're going to, you know, continue to evaluate their decisions and before they update their policy. It's just, it's interesting that they don't have to follow the rules of the, the the body that governs the highest level. So there's a theoretical world where they could they would allow transgender women to swim, but then they're just not allowed to compete in the Olympics and, and things like that. So I, I just thought that was an interesting another kind of note in this article is that the NCAA can do whatever they want. They don't have to follow these rules. Hello, caller, you're on the air. Matters. Hi, I was just, just wanting to ask a related question. Um, are there many debates around transgender gender men? I've known one or two uh, who've wanted to uh, and actually have made the, the switch uh, uh, from feminine to masculine. Um, but uh, uh, there doesn't seem to be the debate. Um, it's almost like they become more obscure. Do you have uh, yeah. anything on that? I'll take my uh, answer on off the air. Thank you for the call. Yeah, Th- thanks for the question. Um, so, so this is a good question. It's something that we've talked about a little bit beforehand, or a little bit before when we talked about this topic in other forms. Um, I, I, I would have to go look and do like a more detailed search to make sure I'm right, but I can say with some level of confidence, all the rules that I've read about this that were issued at the state level, which would be for high school sports, were all for transgender women. I don't think there was anything in them for transgender men. And I, I'm not 100% certain on that, but I'm pretty sure these rules have been put in place for women's sports not for men's sports, but I could be wrong. So, so don't take that as, as the gospel, so to speak. But I, I think that these rules have targeted women's sports 100%, if not close to 100%. You're on the air. Hello, gentlemen. Good evening. Hi, Vince. Hey, Vince. How are we doing tonight? Doing well. Good. We're, doing well. Uh, we're, we're, not talking about, we're not joking around here right now. We've got a serious issue being talked about. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, and Jerry, I believe the NCAA has put rules in starting, uh, 2022, 23 for, uh, transgender athletes have to show, uh, sports specific levels of testosterone. Um, right. And, right. and have to clear a certain, under a certain level in order to be, to compete. So they are putting in some rules. Right. But they um, don't, I'm just saying they don't have to mirror this international body's rules. No, no, not at all. Uh, you're right. They are they are at least starting to implement something. Um, we'll see where they alter it or change it as it moves forward. This becomes a a bigger issue. Like you know, like you said, there's not exactly a lot of examples of 
and I don't even know how drastic her situation really was for it to be such a big deal. Um, so we'll see how that continues to change. Um, and while we're on the topic of women's sports, um, and I know this is going to be part sports, part not, I'm curious if you've seen anything, read anything, or just think on your own what kind of protests we will see in women's sports due to the uh, the Cracker Jack ruling of Roe versus Wade being cast out, right? We've seen, yeah. you know, the Olympic athletes with their fists in the air. We've seen players take a knee. Where do you think this will go? You're talking, about, both- you're talking about as compared to, like, the social justice movies that we've seen in the last, from Colin Kaepernick to Black Lives Matter to, to what's, what's going to happen with this decision from a sports it- standpoint? Is that a fair question? Exactly. That's kind of where I was going with that. Yep. I'll give the the pessimistic answer because I'm a pessimist when it comes to this this topic. Uh, The pessimistic answer, and I I hate that I I think I'm right, um, but like I said, I think I'm right here, is women's professional leagues will be extremely active in protesting this, and it won't get attention uh, for the same reasons that Women, the the WNBA was much more active, I think, in the Black Lives Matter stuff when compared to the NBA, and they didn't get as much attention as the NBA did. I, I don't. Th- I think women's leagues will be extremely active in this, and it mm. won't get a, the attention it deserves. That's my pessimistic Sorry. answer. Uh, I think men's leagues. I think it will be more on the individuals uh, commenting on it than the league as a whole. Uh, like I think you'll see athletes use their platform and things like that, and I think that will get some attention. Um, but I don't think you will see a, a rallying of the NBA behind this like they did for Black Lives Matter or something like that. I think the WNBA will. I think other professional women's sports will, and I don't think it will get much attention. As much as I don't like that answer, I think I'm right. You, you, you probably are, and I, I agree with you. That's, uh, that's the crackerjack society we live in, so it, it just kind of – it won't. It, I mean, it's, it's the same with the Brittany Griner situation, right? I mean, the WNBA has made a big exactly. think about it, exactly. but it's only on a little 10-second segment of SportsCenter every day. So it's like not exactly getting that first thing they talk about type of attention. I um, I heard um, I heard one woman go off who's one of my favorite new ana- analysis. Is that our analytical people in the NBA? Malika Andrews, I think we all she's know. She's a host. Who, I think at this yeah. point she's a host. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's, she's yeah. working her way up. That's all I know. Every every time she's doing something. That's a host of the NBA draft. Yeah, First she, woman ever do it. You, oh, awesome. Good for her. You know why? Yeah. I, you she know, did a really good job. I think she she's, she's a, was a great opportunist. Um, her first real, real major job, she was the ESPN contact in the bubble. I mean, she was all over the boat. That's where I remember her from. Yeah, and that's what I mean. And since then, she's climbing her way to the top. I liked her. My wife, Rachel, liked her. We listened to – anyway, I saw her go off. This was a Steve Steve Kerr type going off, um, like Uh, Steve Kerr did with – Gun violence. With gun violence. I saw Malika Andrews go off today with with quotes from everybody and – I mean, you're going from uh, Malika Andrews to, uh, I forget her name. Um, but, yeah, I, it's, it's uh, if pattern service correctly, Jer, um, your pessimistic view is based on fact or based on history. Yeah, and, and, and I exactly. Think, I think you're right. Yeah. I think the WNBA and the, and the international and the women's U.S. soccer team will be the most outspoken. I would oh, also yeah. make that prediction as well. That yeah, those two, that that, that, that league plus that team yeah. will be the most outspoken against it. Yeah. You guys brought I up, um, I don't know if Jer brought it up or, no, or Vince brought it up, but um, let's, while we have you both here and while we, 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 it got brought up in this other FINA world is Brittany Griner. Is there any update with, with her sitting in a Russian prison? Let me. Uh, yeah, no, there was something today. Um, she's supposed to get a hearing on Monday, I believe, is what I read earlier. Um, some sort of like, I don't know if it's a, like a hearing with the 
Because there was a snafu this last week where the embassy didn't let, get a call through to her or something like that. And so they they pushed really hard. I, I, there's some, I'm trying to look it up. My internet's kind of being funky right now. Um, yes. Yeah, what do you see? A preliminary. Jerry, we're both failing at Google right now. It's terrible. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I remember, I remember seeing that, and I have a, an, a like a, a feed that gives me all the the news stories, and I remember hearing about this one, like a missed phone call or something, and and I, it's not in my list, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to find it as well, but I remember that, that the the irrelevant part of the of uh, update with Brittany Griner that I don't know why this was as big a story as it was because it's, it's very like, set like. Not sentimental. That's the wrong word. But she was named an honorary starter in the WNBA All Star game. So I thought. I mean, that was cool that she got some attention in the sense of like, hey, this is still an issue going on. I thought it's good that they 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 brought that back to the kind of the forefront a little bit um, with that. But no, I, the, the biggest story in terms of like act, thing like updates of what's actually going on in Russia was the one Vince mentioned where there was something about a phone call. That well, didn't get I just through I just have it. I have it here, Jerry. It's um, yeah. Basically, they were calling it a logistical error, so they rescheduled a phone call between Griner and her wife. And then on Monday, they'll find they're finally going to have their first preliminary hearing where she'll go to court and they'll start the whole dialogue process of hopefully how to get her out of there. Do we um, know? So, okay. Do we really know what she was charged with? I mean, I, I'm, I'm amazed at how little I, I follow these things semi closely. And this one's been going on long enough, and the the, the, the the only issue that I ever hear us talking about is that it's been delayed, how long she's been there, she's in a prison, she was playing basketball, she got caught in an airport with illegal drugs. Do we ever, what are the issues that we're trying to find out, that, that it didn't really happen? I mean, what, what? I never really heard what. She, no, she was. She was. So, so I've mentioned Jim. I've mentioned yeah. this before, and I guess you just didn't understand it or missed it. Uh, she was detained for investigation for large-scale transportation of illegal drugs. Yeah. Right. So, what's what is which 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 carries up to ten years in prison in Russia? So the issue yeah. isn't whether she got caught or not. The issue is she's been delayed. All these. She hasn't had time to speak her piece. I mean, what. Yeah, there's been no hearing. This is their first hearing. So, um, yeah, so she hasn't had a chance to really get in front of any kind of like a legal system in Russia to, you know, state her case. Um, so, yeah, this is where they finally got a, at least a date for that, and, and then it'll, it'll kind of go from there. I'm, I'm sure a preliminary hearing, though, is just going to be, you know, Plead guilty, not guilty, or it's not going to be a lot, but it'll the be. Russian, it'll be the Russian equivalent of that, yeah, whatever that. Is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm. yeah, and, and then the U.S. side of a gym to kind of make sure you are up to speed here. The the U.S. has said from the beginning that it's an unlawful detainment, basically meaning they don't think she broke any rules. That's the part of it. Right. That's part one, and then part two is this has seemed to take a lot longer than it should have. So longer than it should have, I understand. Yeah. She didn't break any of their rules. That seems so vague. I mean, who? I mean, if you were arrested here for something, your lawyer is going to say you didn't break any of our rules, and that's and we're going to fight it. I mean, what what is different about this case? That's what I don't understand. Because it's in Russia, and she hasn't had a hearing. Russia. Yeah, I I think it's because it's in Russia in the middle of a war in which they're claiming we're kind of feeding a bunch of weapons to Ukraine. I mean, this, is, this is obviously all tied into that kind of stuff. I mean, you really believe there's that. no way it's not. You know, I mean, it's not like they have, you know, they have a, a professional athlete, so there's attention to it. They're in a position where they probably are in the wrong, possibly, who knows. But they can, you know, they can stronghold, strong arm the situation. And why wouldn't they? You know, it, it's, it's kind of a terrible situation to be caught in. Um, I think maybe, you know, if this happened two years ago, she's probably home already. But right now there's there's tension between the U.S. and, and Russia. So, yeah, that's like I I have to believe that. I don't know it, know it for sure, but I but I have to believe it. Jerry, you want to you want to move on? 707-895-2448. Anybody else wants to jump in? We got Vince here talking to us. Um Jerry, how would you like to explain something that I I don't like in sports? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one at you here. Okay. I don't like ties. 
I never have liked ties. His favorite thing is when football said, okay, we don't have to have ties any longer. Soccer, That's not true. There can still be a tie. I, I know, but there's, it's harder to have a tie when, when there's overtimes now. And, you know, in, in, um, in soccer, I think there's ties now and then, but now, now they have shootouts when it's an elimination game, whatever that rule is. Basketball, there's never ties. You just keep playing. Baseball, you just keep playing. Explain the changes in now in the spelling bee world because that's a pretty big uh, oh, yes. competition. <laughs> I've been waiting to talk about this. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, so uh, real quick before we dive into this, about 13 minutes left on the show here. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Give us a call if you've got anything you want to talk about going on in the world of sports. Uh, again, it could be stuff we've talked about, stuff we haven't brought up, anything you want to talk about, give us a call, 707-895-2448. Okay. I've been waiting for this topic since... It's been a so while. So I am... You there, Jer? Yeah, I lost you. I'm still here. Oh, man. Go ahead, Jer. Okay. I'm still here. Can you hear me? Yeah, start again. Yeah. Okay, sorry. So I, I have been a huge fan of the spelling bee for a long time, and, and if we have time, I'm going to let Jim tell that story of, of where that came from. But every year the, there's the Scripps National Spelling Bee, and, and this is the spelling bee championship for the United States where I think it's fourth through eighth grade, if I remember correctly. You start at your school, you win your, you win your school, then you win your district, then you win your this, and then eventually you win your state, and then you go to the Scripps National Spelling. It's, um, it's, the, it's the spelling bee um, equivalent of the punt, pass, and kick contest in football. There you go. Yeah. I, yeah. I think you yeah. come up with a better competition equated to it, but sure. <laughs> um, so, so, and the way it works, it's very straightforward, where you go up, you spell it, you get a word. If you spell it wrong, you're out. If you stay in... If you get it right, you stay in. They go until there's one person left. The problem that the spelling bee had been running into was there's a preset list of words. And if they ran out of words, meaning the scenario of there's there's a certain amount of people that are that just get every single word right, eventually the spelling bee ran out of words for that tournament. And they would just declare it a tie, and they would declare everybody the winner. So I think the, the biggest example of this I remember – I think it was three or four years ago, there was a seven-person tie, and there's been like two-person ties, three-person ties, but a while, a couple of years ago, there was like an eight, there was somewhere between a seven and nine-person tie. And so the spelling bee decided, we're going to fix this. That's good. This year, they implemented something <laughs> called the spell-off. There were For the two people that were left when the spelling bee ran out of words, they did a 90-second speed round where whoever could spell more words correctly in those 90 seconds would be declared the winner. I loved this so much. And if you haven't had a chance to watch it, just like go Google or go to YouTube and look at the spelling bee spell off uh, from 2022. Um, the reason I loved this so much is it, it totally flipped the strategy of what, of what is good about being, uh, what makes you a good speller. Cause when you're in the spelling bee, you can take your time, Ask for you know language of origin, use it as a sentence, da, 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 all those types of things. In this, it's just instinct. So you just spell the word. If you get it right, you get a point. If you get it wrong, you go to the next one. And one, it, as Jim said, it broke ties, and there's no tie anymore on the spelling bee. But two, I just thought it was such a cool way to break the tie. I, I loved every minute of this. And, and I've been a huge fan of the spelling bee since I was in fourth, fifth grade. And it's a long, long little kind of like uh, – store like talk here but i was so happy when i saw this and if like i said if you hadn't had a chance to see it go watch the 2022 spelling bee spell off it was amazing so how how did they come up with the words for the 90 seconds because they have to have consistency you can't give this person over here a bunch of words that are short and and maybe hard to spell but they're not long like let's say juxtaposition or something like that you know you so how do they how do they find words for both people, and are they consistent with the amount of letters and how long it's going to take to spell the word and things like that? Yeah, that, that matters. So I, I, I think in a situation like that. I think these geniuses had that covered, Vince. <laughs> probably. I'm going to have that covered. Them. If they have that covered. Them. Why don't they have more words? 
to go into the sewing bee with. It's. I don't I think, think it's a matter. I. I just think, no matter how many work, they have to have a tiebreaker, because I think there is just more genius spellers now. It, it's yeah, like it, it's like move, making a three point line. You know, we had to make a yeah. three point line because everyone could shoot. Shoot. I mean, it, they had to make it more exciting. I, I just think it, no matter how many words they have, they're going to run out of time or they're going to they have too many smart spellers out there. Yeah. Well, I, I got to say, though, I don't sounds, know the answer to that. Really I'll be fun. honest. I don't know how they came up with the list of words. What I will tell you is in the normal spelling bee, every now and then there'll be a word. It's like, oh, I recognize that word. In the spell off, I thought they were just throwing letters together and making it up. I thought they were making up. It's. it's I, I, I didn't recognize a single word that they used. In Vince, I'll say this to you, and I'll because Jerry said it already, but I'll say it again. If you haven't seen this spell off of this year, always oh, the best. It, it, it it's the best tiebreaker I have seen. You know. Soccer? What, what do you call them? The the uh, what, what do you call the soccer shootout? Shoot. Just shootout. I have seen hockey when they when they you know go the length of the the floor. I've seen NBA overtime. I've seen MLB or I've seen baseball extra innings. I've seen every kind of tiebreaker you can have in sports. There's nothing better than this spell off. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> uh, sounds like the whole spelling bee should be a spell off. That's what I. I mean, believe me. Well, yeah, and that, and that goes me. back to what I was saying. Is that it was a totally different skill set they had to use in, in this. It, it oh, wasn't they sure. couldn't think through yeah. stuff and take their time. It was fantastic. Do, 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 they don't they don't give the participants like you know you go into those things you don't have any idea what words they're going to select right you just have to prepare yourself no. by no, you having mean, a vast knowledge of words. I, I, I think the okay. only thing they yeah Vince I think the only thing they know. And I don't know what the official one is. I think they're they are given like an official dictionary that the words can be pulled from, but I don't think there's uh, any like parameters to what that could be. Got another yeah. call. We're running out of time, Vince. I'm going to take Thanks another. No words, one. guys. Thank yeah, you. Hello, you're on the air. Yeah, you know, on the uh, whole spelling situation, I thought it was interesting how they've now changed it. So I guess knowing what words mean actually in some of these later rounds can have an advantage or as part of the, the one of the contest rounds they're doing, I guess. Where before it was just if you could spell the word. And so now they're starting to incorporate a little bit of people knowing what the words actually mean. But uh, I want to go back, and I like that a lot, actually. And I want to go back to the Brittany Griner case. You know, we have people from the United States in jails all around the world. We have somebody, I forget which country it is, they're facing execution. And, you know, these people are all over, but they aren't famous basketball players. And as somebody who always sort of considered myself to be, you know, I mean, I've spent my time in a lot of different countries and crossed a lot of borders, and you're always worried that there's going to be something that somebody slipped into your bag or, or some getting arrested in some country. When somebody just blatantly thinks they can just ignore the rules of the country because they're famous. It's always been irritating because I've had to sweat a lot of borders. I've been in countries in Africa where if they found one piece of camouflage material on me, I could still be in jail there because I was 30 years old at the time, an athlete, and if I looked like I was even maybe a mercenary in some of those countries with Napoleonic code, I have to prove I'm innocent. They don't have to prove I'm guilty. And so when I see, you know, our government putting out statements about this basketball player, it makes me realize how unfair the world is. When I was running around to these different countries, and nobody was going to care if I was still locked up in jail over there. So it just amazes me the amount of, of you know, we're hearing these government pronounces unjust detention. But it sounded pretty clear to me they caught her with hash oil or something like that. And you can't have that in Russia. Yeah. I mean, this it, isn't complicated. You got illegal it, drugs on you, you go through a border. I mean, come on. Yeah, I know. I, I, it's funny. I, two things that I think of when you mention this stuff, caller. Right? The two things are one, that's just unfor- it's the unfortunate reality of that's a perk of being famous. Like, a perk of being famous is you get 
treated in a different way. I think that's just something yeah. we have to accept. But the, the, other, the thing, the other part about it that you said that I, I'm more interested in, I've thought about this is, and, and this is not just specific to Brittany Griner in general. Like I, I've always wondered if athletes, do they not know the rules or do they think they're above them? Like that's a conversation that is had about athletes all the time. And so I, oh, I don't I'm think sure. it's something we'll ever really know the answer to, but I would wonder if Brittany Griner actually had on her what they say she did. I'd be curious, like, and we'll never really know the true answer to this. Did she know she was breaking the rules or was she unaware of the rules in Russia? And, and that's, again, I think that's something that you can bring up all the time with athletes because it goes back to the privilege of being an athlete in a, in a certain way. It's, you know, I think most people know and just think they can get away with it. It's you run into these situations with with doesn't have to be famous athletes, um, it. But you always hear about it when the DUI of of the famous actor or or Tiger Woods or whatever when they get stopped, it becomes national news, and the fact that it was a. Uh, they were drunk and driving. Some sometimes get, gets lost. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I do. It, it, gets, it was a lot it worse than drunk and driving. He was on all kinds of pills yeah. and painkillers and everything else. I yeah, don't. It, go ahead, Jer. Well, no, I was just going to say to comment on what you said, Jim. It gets lost, but the the other side of that coin is going back to what I said is there's a privilege to it, and and, and that's yeah. the the part that's really I think tough and. I've had that. Even though I, I played for a tiny school in nowhere, in the middle of nowhere in California, and Jim, I, I, we don't need to go into any of this stuff on the air, but you've had that experience of being a, of having some privileges as an athlete in high school and in college. Then you've told me those stories, and it's just, it's just the nature of being an athlete. I don't like it, but it's it's just part of it. Is that they are not su- they are subject to the same rules but they're not necessarily always subject to the enforcement of those rules in the same way. Caller, Particularly uh, DUI enforcement. I've got to, um, I've yep. got to cut yep. you off, caller. We're, we're out of time. But they're great. It's a great, those are both great thoughts. Like I think those are both really important. I'd like to bring this up again and, and tell you now that this idea, and I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to end your caller here and turn you down because I have to move on, but I, great, I'm going to bring comments. up and tell my stories um, next week of I did have privilege because I yeah. played sports. Hmm. Whether it's fair or not, that's a whole nother, another conversation, though. Like, Jared, and, tie it up, Jared. We have 30 both... seconds. Yep, going to wrap it up. Uh, thank Cody Lowe for – I'd like to thank Cody Lowe for joining us, uh, football coach at Fort Bragg High School. We'll be back next week. It'll be July. It'll be the first July edition of the Sports Phone. Hope everyone has a good evening, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, caller. Sorry couldn't get through to you. We are out of time. gentlemen, welcome to the main event. This is KZYX Philo, 90.7 FM. KZYZ Willits and Ukiah, 91.5 FM. K201HR, Fort Bragg, 88.1 FM. We also stream live at kzyx.org. We are Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, listener and member-supported community radio. You can also find us on Facebook. Jerry, you mean, you mean, you there, Jerry? Tonight, broadcasting from the MCOE studio. Jerry, you there? Yep, I'm here. Sorry, I muted myself. um Support for KZYX comes from our members and Mendocino. What do you mean? He did a great job teeing it up. You mean the, the guy that brought in? The, that? I, well, no, because I've, I've thought about that that question, like not not necessarily the part about how, uh, you know, there's people that get detained in foreign countries all the time. And like the only re- it's just the, the idea of privilege and how athletic privilege plays into a story like this. Or it's not athletic privilege. It's, it's, it can it's be famous person privilege. It can be money privilege. It can mean lots of things. Yeah, it's it's famous person privilege. But yeah, but he was he made a really good point. It's just like, you know, people get caught that are me or you. They're they're not getting any help I in know. the same way. I know yeah. that's that was. The... Yeah, the other part of it, and this is where I like to think that athletes, because I, I I this makes me feel a little bit better. I don't know why. 
I like to think athletes are all ignorant and don't know the rules and that they're not actively <laughs> breaking them. Because it, cause it, it, it makes me think of them as more human, right? Like, I, I'd rather have an athlete be dumb and not know the rules and get caught than yeah, think yeah. they're above the rules and can just walk through it. Like, so I would hope Brittany Griner didn't know it was a rule, but in reality, I, if you go off of other athletes, she probably knew what she was doing. I think so too. Yeah. All right, I'm going to turn off. Show. I'm gonna, did you like it? Uh, yeah, I thought it was good. I didn't love Cody. I didn't either. Yeah. But I don't but, think but the thing is, the thing he how, was. I think it's how, who he is. That's what I mean. The thing is, he was Cody, and he didn't try to be something else. You got to give him credit for that. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was good. I just thought he wasn't, wasn't as good as I was hoping he was. But it was fine. It was good. I'll uh, call you from the, from the road. Okay. Sounds good. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.